Jesus is always showing love towards those women. So it's illogical, really, to think of God as being somebody who is placing lesser value on women or elderly people and even children. I mean, Jesus himself loved the children, brought them to him and said that uh, the kingdom of heaven had to be like children. Like you and I have to be like children in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus placed great value on children as well. So yeah, it's illogical to think that God is not placing value on individuals just because he's making them pay less. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Good morning, guys. I'm so excited that you joined me for another episode out of Leviticus. And this is our last week in Leviticus. We are done with Leviticus after this week, and we are going to be moving into the book of Numbers. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to move into season four of the podcast. But when it's season four, it is going to be officially the Bible Explained podcast. But just to let you guys know, I am going to take off next Monday and Tuesday from the podcast, not this upcoming Monday and Tuesday, but next Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to be taking off. And that's just to make sure that I ironed everything out, that the podcast has its name changed, that uh, the description is updated and it's updated on YouTube and um, just all sorts of different things. I just want to make sure that it is all buttoned up. So I'm going to be taking Monday and Tuesday off from the podcast. But then Wednesday, we are going to be back in next Wednesday to season four of the Bible Explained podcast. And yeah, yeah, I'm just really excited and I'm so thankful for all of you guys just continuing to listen in and to grow the podcast the way it has been growing. So continue to share it the way you have been. It's just been very helpful to get the word out there about the P40 Ministries podcast soon to be the Bible Explained podcast. For those of you who are new to this episode and are just listening in, you might be really confused. My podcast is going through a name change, which is going to start next Wednesday, to throw that out there. So anyway, let's talk about Leviticus 27, 1 through 8 today. And if you're just looking at these verses without really reading them or understanding the context behind them, you might think that this portion is kind of misogynistic. So yeah, this is going to be fun to talk about. So once again, that's Leviticus 27, 1 through 8. And this morning, I'm actually going to be reading out of the NIV version. So grab that Bible and that cup of coffee or your cup of tea, and let's begin. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, if anyone makes a special vow to dedicate a person to the Lord by giving the equivalent value, set the value of a male between the ages of 20 and 60 at 50 shekels of silver, according to the sanctuary shekel. And for a female, set her value at 30 shekels. 
For a person between the ages of 5 and 20, set the value of a male at 20 shekels and of a female at 10 shekels. For a person between 1 month and 5 years, set the value of a male at 5 shekels of silver and of that of a female at 3 shekels of silver. For a person 60 years old or more, set the value of a male at 15 shekels and of a female at 10 shekels. If anyone making the vow is too poor to pay the specified amount, the person being dedicated is to be presented to the priest, who will set the value according to what the one making the vow can afford. So if we look at this without really looking at it, I think the first thing we might think is, oh, women are of less value according to God than a male is. But I think the one thing we can do here to kind of uh, get rid of this mindset that God does not value women, according to Leviticus 27, is by looking at the old man versus the young woman. And because the old man in this situation, the man that is of 60 years or more or above 60 years of age, he is only worth 15 shekels, according to this. But a younger female is worth 30 shekels. So literally doubled what an older male is worth. So does that mean God hates the elderly people? Does that mean God hates uh, elderly males? (laughs) No. It just means that they have different roles. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing we can take away from this is this doesn't isn't placing value on the person based on, um, you know, whether they're male or female. So I think the way we can look at this is that, no, this is not, you know, God being misogynistic. This is not God being like, oh, you know, females are worth less than men are. No, it's not like that at all, because In certain cases, the one female is actually worth a lot more than the younger uh, man and the older man. So, yeah, you can't look at it that way because that makes no sense. But before we go more in depth with this, I want to kind of describe what's happening here. So, you know, we just finished up Leviticus chapter uh, 26 and it kind of felt like the end. You know, it just felt like it was the end because it ended with, and God said all this stuff to Moses and that was kind of the end of it. It's sort of how Leviticus ended. Leviticus 26 ended. But now we have Leviticus 27, which is the last chapter of Leviticus. And it kind of just feels out of place, kind of just like thrown in there. But what's interesting about this is that this has nothing to do with laws. Leviticus 27. It has nothing to do really with anything that God had mentioned before. So to me, this is kind of like a PS. You know how you write like at the end of the letters, PS. (laughs) This is kind of what it feels like to me that Leviticus 27 is doing. It's like a PS. It's like a postscript. Is that that what uh, PS means? Postscript? I think it is. I, I don't know. I might be wrong about that. Okay, but anyway, Leviticus 27 is kind of just added on. And the reason it is is because it is dealing with vows. And nowhere in scripture, at any point, does it actually say that a person has to do a vow. In fact, Jesus actually argues that a person shouldn't do a vow, and it is not a sin to not do a vow. Because Jesus says that it is really, really bad to make a vow and to not keep it. And so Jesus is kind of just like, just don't make any vows. But in the Old Testament, people made vows all the time. And it was just the culture of the day. People wanted to make vows. So after the people maybe heard the entire law, 
of Leviticus 1 through 26, heard the entire thing and, you know, wanted to do something to please God, maybe they were deciding to make vows because that was very common. It was very culturally accepted to make vows and really still is to this day. We make a lot of vows <laughs> in this day and age. We really do. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's a it was a very culturally accepted thing to make vows. And later on, when we start getting into more of the storytelling of the Old Testament, we're going to see so many vows that people would make and like didn't keep. It was just like it would fly out of their mouths. They just make a vow and then just like either not keep it or maybe they would. But more often than not, they didn't keep it. And so that's why Jesus was like, just don't make vows. Like, just don't make any vows, because at that point, uh, you it's better for you to not make a vow and uh, than it is for you to make a vow and not keep it, basically. So God here in Leviticus 27 is dealing with vow makers. And he's kind of like, OK, if you're going to make a vow, it's not necessarily a sin to make a vow. But if you make it, you better keep it. That's kind of what God is saying here. So he says, if you make a vow, here is how you're going to do it. Especially after people heard the whole law, you know, it was very, um, it, it was from God's mouth and, and the people would want to do something. They possibly started making vows. So God added this on, this entire chapter, onto the last bit of Leviticus to tell people how they can do vows that uh, were going to be good vows rather than going to be um Vows that they didn't keep. So verse one and two are dealing with if a person dedicates either themselves or someone else as a vow to God. Now, what this would be is a person could dedicate themselves. Like, for example, me, I could say, God, I'm going to dedicate myself to serve you for a year at the church or something like that for free. And so that would be like a vow I could make to God back in these days but rather it would be the sanctuary and not uh, the church. But a person could dedicate themselves to God in order to like do a service to him for however long of a time. And whatever it was, then they'd have to pay the wage and fulfill that vow. And you could also uh, dedicate other people as well. And we see that this happened in the book of First Samuel at the very beginning when, um, oh my goodness, I forget her name, but the woman who was unable to have children told God in a prayer that if you give me a child, I will dedicate my child to you and uh, he will become one of your workers. And that ended up being Samuel, who was a very famous priest. And I think actually the last priest of Israel before they got their king. And so Samuel was dedicated to God. And Samuel, when he was a little boy, started living in the temple, serving, um, you know, with the priests and became a priest himself in the end. So it was not wrong to dedicate other people or to dedicate your children. And in fact, we still have a uh, very similar thing that we do nowadays. We have baby dedications where we're going to dedicate them to God. And I know many churches hold baby dedication ceremonies. And I'm sure people could also dedicate um, not just their children, but if they had any hired workers, they could also dedicate a worker as well, um, though I don't know how that would work exactly. But I think really this is mainly dealing with if a person wants to dedicate their child to God or if a person wants to dedicate themselves to God, then they could do that. 
or maybe a servant or something. So yeah, this entire thing is talking about human dedication to God. And so then we get into the the wage that each person would have to pay. So if a person was dedicating themselves, obviously they would have to pay that wage and then go do the service in the temple. So I looked up what a shekel was, and they're not actually really sure what a shekel was worth back in these days, but many people think it was actually a whole month of wages. It could have been as expensive as that. A whole month of wages was one shekel. And uh, yeah, I mean, so it was kind of expensive to dedicate yourself to God. And for me, I'm a female between the ages of 20 and 60. So if I wanted to dedicate myself to God and I lived back in those days, I'd have to pay 30 shekels of silver to God. That is 30 months of work. (laughs) That's a lot. That is a lot of work. But even so, God actually made allowances for people who were poor to pay less because God loved poor people. He wanted poor people to be able to um, to dedicate special gifts to him. And so we see God often taking the poor person into account and not making them pay as much. So when I was researching all this, I did find something that says that um, it's possible the reason God had the women pay less back in these days was actually because of the same amount of love that he had for the poor person he had for the women, where they didn't have to pay as much to do service to God because it was expensive. It was expensive to do this, obviously. (laughs) And if you were a male, you'd have to pay 60 shekels of silver if you were a male between the ages of 20 and 60, or I'm sorry, 50 shekels of silver. So yeah, I mean, this is this is expensive to dedicate yourself to God or to dedicate one of your uh, children to God. Pretty expensive to do. And I would guess by the time you are a 20-something-year-old, you probably are on your own, making your own amount of wages, and this would be something that you would do yourself because you wouldn't dedicate your child who was like living his own life and he was like 30 years old to God. <laughs> And like make your child do that. But we do see that um, younger children can be dedicated to God to go work in the temple. Similar to, once again, Samuel, his mother uh, dedicated to him, I think when he was only like two or three or four years old or something like that. And she would have only had to pay five shekels to have her son go and stay in the temple and learn how to do the priestly stuff. So the other thing I was realizing about this is that, you know, it's it's not at all God looking down on women or God looking down on young children or God looking down on the elderly because that is so contrary to scripture where God says like rise for the elderly person, respect your old mother. And even when Jesus is constantly in the New Testament showing value and love towards women, towards prostitutes, towards uh, broken women, Jesus is always showing love towards those women. So it's illogical, really, to think of God as being somebody who is placing lesser value on women or elderly people and even children. I mean, Jesus himself loved the children, brought them to him and said that uh, the kingdom of heaven had to be like children. Like you and I have to be like children in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus placed great value on children as well. 
So yeah, it's illogical to think that God is not placing value on individuals just because he's making them pay less. But I do think that one of the reasons why God had, um, you know, women pay less to dedicate themselves was not only because they probably didn't make as much income back in these days, but also because physically, and some people might get offended at this, but I'm sorry, it's kind of the truth. Physically, women just aren't as strong as men. And I can say that as a woman who takes boxing classes and has sparred with men. I just am not to that level, and I don't think I ever can be. And I'm okay with that, really. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. Because, you know, I, I want to learn how to fight and defend myself if I have to, which is why I, I take uh, boxing classes in the first place, and they're, they're really fun also. They're just really fun to do. But I'm okay with being less strong than a man. I'm just okay with that. I'm okay with my husband doing the heavy work out in the yard and chopping the wood. I don't want to do that stuff if I'm being honest. <laughs> like I have a different role I play. I enjoy doing more of the gardening and weeding, the stuff that my husband doesn't like doing. He likes doing the heavy lifting. I don't like doing it. And I do stuff that my husband doesn't like doing. I'm okay with that. And that's only regarding yard work. But honestly, it kind of applies here because this was an agricultural community, don't forget. So a man and a woman would have different roles in an agricultural community. A man could do more of the heavy lifting, the heavy labor that a woman might not necessarily be able to do. So in that case, a man in his prime would be better suited for more work than a woman would. And really, this is God protecting the woman from having to do heavy labor, if you want to look at it that way, because in this circumstance, it really is placed on the man. It says here in verse three that the man between the ages of 20 and 60 are to pay 50 shekels of silver because they can do more of the heavy lifting and the hard labor that a woman would just not have to do. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think of this as misogynistic really at all. I think of this as just God being logical <laughs> more than anything else. It just seems pretty logical to me that a woman, first and foremost, might not be able to pay as much for herself because especially back in these days, a woman just didn't make as much money. And secondly, a woman couldn't do as much heavy lifting as a man could and Thirdly, elderly people also might not be able to pay as much for themselves to go and dedicate themselves to God and do this kind of work. And so God took the burden of the payment off of the elderly people as well. Plus, they pay a lot less for themselves because they can't really do any heavy lifting at all once they get to a certain age. So yeah, I mean, once again, this is just logical in my mind as to how God was working if a person wants to dedicate themselves in a vow to God or dedicate one of their children or anything like that. So yeah, today we talked about dedicating men and women to God in acts of service. And we also talked about how God is just not misogynistic. <laughs> and many people will point you to this. Many people who say that the Bible is uh, pro-male and uh, against females Many people will actually point you to Leviticus 27 and talk about how God was really mean for making the woman worth less. 
But we talked today about how we can combat those arguments against the Bible and say, no, it's not God being mean. It's not God being unjust. It's God being logical. And we can uh, we can talk to those people about that, the critics that um, don't understand the context of Scripture. So guys, join me on Monday, and we're going to talk about vowing animals to God. That's the next part of Leviticus. But you know what? Until then, I just hope all you faithful listeners have a really, really great weekend and that you are blessed. And so as I say at the end of every podcast episode, say it with me. Happy listening and God bless.